What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. Uh, I am here with a former colleague of mine at the gym I used to work at. His name's Tyler Nation. What's going on, man? What's up, man? My name's Tyler. I am a personal trainer at One Life. Um, My biggest goals and passions are to make people better. I met Tom while working there. Awesome guy. Um, I know he loves powerlifting and I mean, not necessarily powerlifting, but the CrossFit type stuff. And we got all, we got a pretty good bit in common. So, uh, thanks for having me, Tom. Yeah, no, pro- no problem. Yeah. I, 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 I was, I used to watch like some trainers while they were like training and I loved how you were able to communicate to your clients and like show them like how to do the proper forms and everything. So that's why I kind of wanted to get on the podcast and talk about a little about like how you communicate with your clients and everything. Yeah, so I believe the biggest thing, especially, and I think your last guest actually touched on this, is actually learning the client and how they respond to feedback. Um, I think the biggest thing is, like, uh, you can't really just be that high school strength coach to every client you have. You can't yell in their ear and tell them to get stuff done. I feel like you have to convey um, toward what they want. So it's kind of like a love language, but in a personal training type world, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to learn that, you can really attack and, and get people committed. And I think that's the biggest way to approach training, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, perfect. Yeah, so so how do you go about when you when you actually train, like when you start with a new client, like how does how does that like the first interaction go 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 through? Um, well, first is really getting to know the person. Um, a little, I, I'm a little different than the last guest you actually had. I feel like personal training is a business. Um, they pay you for 30 minutes. So even getting their body moving, especially in the first, the first session is big. So the first 30 minutes, I'll sit down, kind of learn about the person goals and ambitions and what they want from the actual programming. Um, and then we jump right into a basic warm up, and it's just body weight exercises. That way I can see if there's any valgus, um, if there's any corrective exercise that I need to program for. But we start with basic workouts, kind of to see their aerobic capacity, and uh, really just getting to know them is pretty much the biggest thing in the first session. Very cool. So what, what's like what's a typical like body weight workout that you do with them when you first when you first have them? So I love, this is my go-to. So I love getting a, a small box and then a medium-sized box. And I make them do eight rounds, uh, or not eight rounds, eight step-ups for each leg. And then they turn right around and do eight box squats. And so they're just touching and going. I always say, preface, toes out, knees out, you know, activate the glutes. And then I just let them do their own thing. And then I'm in my head saying, okay, you know, there's something here. Knees are going in or whatever. And that's kind of where I take it from there. I feel like lower body is super important, um, and that's where you're going to find most of your complications from. So that's what I do first day warm up right there. Yeah, I like I like that workout. That that's I I completely agree that you know the lower body is like I I think it's one of the most underused you know pieces of parts of the body because everyone's sitting down on their keister all day and they really don't use their legs it's mainly the <laughs> upper body that's that's why when usually people like squat a lot more you know or do like high volume with the legs and compared to the upper body they get more sore in the legs compared to upper body yes a hundred percent hundred percent very cool very cool so how long have you been have, how long have you been a trainer um I guess I would say just a year at One Life, but as far as doing it, um, I've been a trainer for a 
about four-ish, five-ish years. Okay. I trained with a lot of local athletes um, to my hometown. One of them actually went to the profession, like NFL. He went to Tampa Bay, got injured on a kickoff. Uh, but that's where my passion started. It's actually working with him and seeing like how how far this could take someone. And uh, when he made it to the league, I was like, well, this is actually what I want to do. Um, and then I started falling in love with personalities over uh, like absolute athletes. And mm-hmm. I think that's where it got me to keep going. So about to answer your question, about four to five ish years, but one year at one life. Okay, very cool. So um, what's the typical clientele that you you're, that you're usually getting now at one life? Usually they try to set me up with anybody that has any athletic ability, um, but I'm not opposed to take anybody. I love the elder, you know, demographic, anybody that just needs some functional training or rehab. I'm pretty big on rehab. I was in AT school for a while. I went on to try to do PT. It wasn't for me. It was too slow paced for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so any kind of PT rehab, I try to attack those guys with giving them the best knowledge I can. Uh, but obviously I want to, I want them to see a professional if it's too bad or, you know, if there's something I can't fix. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like I, you know, I, I'm not really like well-versed in it and I don't want to like, you know, say I know anything and just like send it and they start having them do the workouts and all of a sudden get hurt and, you know, it makes, right. makes you look bad and you'd rather go to like an actual, you know, professional that, that's pretty much spent their whole entire life on on that topic and let them work work them out exactly because that's like that's like eight years or not you know of total school and i'm just whoo i'm just uh i'm tired of school but i and i love what i do so yeah yeah no i hear you yeah i've I've actually i was actually working with a uh you know a physical therapist for a while with like another client so what they would do is we would actually like connect and like talk and about like okay this is what we should be. This is what you should be doing with her, like during the workout sessions, and then you know, give me some feedback on how they look or like what we need to like kind of like mix around or like you know, give your two two cents in it too. So it's yeah, it's definitely you know, it's definitely great having you know another person to talk about that that your client you know try to make them better. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people have issues that you're like um, you've seen from client to client, and it's kind of like oh, I can fix this. But at the same time, you don't want to put them in an environment where they're going to injure themselves. So it might always be better to refer. But if it's something you've seen continuously, you can kind of adjust and uh, make it easier for them. Yeah. Yeah. So what in your mind do you think is a great personal trainer? Ooh, I think a great personal trainer is someone that understands their client. Um, Not necessarily results are one thing, right? Like results, you can get results. You can go to a boot camp for six months and get results. Um, but someone that understands what the motive and the passion of the client is, if you could tap into that, I think you are a good trainer. If you can hold clientele for an extended period of time, you're a good trainer. Um, it's, it's more or less just learning about the client in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think we're kind of like, we're we're almost like therapists to them because they obviously they spill the bean, they spill the guts to you about everything and anything like, within, like the first couple of days, which is like crazy to think like you're learning about their life, like their life just in the first two sessions. And like, it's like, they don't even tell, you know, their friends yet. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've heard some, some horror stories, some crazy stories and I just let it, you know, slide off while they're doing, you know, squats and step ups. But you know, what are you going to do? You got to be there for them. You got to kind of 
coach him through it. You're honestly like a life coach, to be completely honest. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that because I've had some heart-to-heart talks with my clients before, and it's it, it was some of them are interesting. So, um, yeah. So how do you how do you get your clients that are not really fully in yet to try to get them to like at your level of like you know what where, to where they you think they they can be. So I, I like to tap into their wants and needs. So um, if if a client is is very dedicated right off the bat, oh that's easy. It's it's cake. But um, like for instance, I have a client that's it was typically overweight. Um, but he loves video games. And so what I did is I researched a little bit about video games, kind of learned what he was playing, um, kind of used that for him. Um, and, and this guy it got totally dedicated. He would do the workout while I talked to him about a video game. This current client is down 55 pounds as of today. And like he doesn't like we don't even work out hard. And I know that might be bad to say, but it's just keeping him moving while we talk through video games. So, again, it always goes back to learning your clients and how can you portray that in a training environment. And I feel like that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I agree. So what kind of uh, style of like training do you do to your clients? Is it like functional fitness or like what, what's what's your yeah. what's your good what's your favorite style of training them? So depending on the person and the demographic, um, but almost always, almost always functional training, always. I try to get people involved in a circuit, and if we, if you only have me for 30 minutes, we're just going to keep you moving. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, because I want you to get what you paid for in a sense, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But safety first. Yeah, I, 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 I think that like the 30 minutes is like, it can be enough at times, but I think there's maybe sometimes with clients that you need to expand it to like an hour. But yes. I, mean, I mean, obviously, with the gym, gym they want to get as many clients can't train like many clients as they can possible in the small amount of time. So yeah, yeah, logically and and rationally, even it, it doesn't make sense to me as a trainer if if I see somebody for thirty minutes in a day. Uh, I mean, I I can do it pretty well, um, but at the same time, like that's that's not what I want. I want to spend an hour, hour and a half. I want to learn this person to a, a deeper extent and kind of really focus on what they need. Yeah. And I feel like you don't really focus on what they need in 30 minutes. You focus on what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard to do, but it is a business. And you have to remember there's a model in place for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I know you kind of like started your own little side project called Training Nation. So how did, how did that come about? Um, you know, really, I was just talking to uh, a couple of friends and like something really we were kind of drinking one night and one one thing that one of my friends said struck me he was like uh, everybody is their own brand and so with me in, in personal training it's it's to a deeper extent because literally i am my own brand i'm training it's my body like people look at who i am um and how i convey what i do to them so if i look nice practice what you preach that's to a lot of trainers out there practice what you preach um you are what they want to or inspire to be. So I feel like if I'm going to do that, let's put myself Let's try to create a brand that people can get behind. Um, but I have to look apart. And so when he said that, I kind of, Hey, you're breaking up a little bit. Tommy, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. 
Okay, okay, I got you now. Hey, you, you got to you start back from where you start. Uh, we were we were talking about your brand. Yeah. So, um, did, did you hear the part about my friends? We were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Just pretty, pretty much just like to say your friends you were talking about when you guys were drinking, and that's that's when you started breaking yeah. up. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, yeah, we were just drinking, and he's like, uh, "Man, uh, like who you are is your brand." And for me, being a personal trainer, I feel like you have to practice what you preach. And so for me, that took like trying to really get in the best shape of my life and just kind of inspire people that train under me that they could get to that level. Um, and I feel like that's the biggest thing. So I feel like if you're going to be with me, my brand, I have to practice what I preach. And then I just started putting myself out there and I've, I've gotten great results. And for anything, it's actually an accountability standpoint for me mm-hmm. because I can go back and look at everything that I've done and yeah. where I've, where I've come from. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen your Instagram, I've, I've seen your Instagram, like pics, your posts, and I know you had, did the accountability and you actually started like doing progression pictures and like, you're actually pretty shredded right now. So, so how oh, did, so like, was that pretty much just trying to show your clients of like what you can achieve or what, like, why, why did you do like the progression pictures? Um, honestly, it was just to see what I could do in four uh, months. Me and Dyron, Dyron's actually a trainer that worked there. We we're going to go through a little competition to see who could get to 8% body fat first. Um, but then COVID happened, fell out. We never actually got a chance to finish the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to train against the best. And I, you know, I was ready to lose a competition, but I also at the same time wanted to win it. So um, with that fire and him just kind of being there beside me, uh, I just try to train as hard as I could to get down to 8% body fat is how that started. Mm-hmm. So did you get to that at all? Or what, like, I know COVID happened, but where, where were you like before COVID? The, the last, the last Anita that I had, which was uh, about a week before COVID. And I was at like nine points, 9.3 or something like that. So I was, I was fairly close. Yeah. Well, that, hey, that, that, that's, you know, probably like another, another week or two you could have gotten to it. So Oh, for sure. I feel like I'm I'm probably at it now, um, but I just don't want to step on the Tanita and be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so for the people that don't know what Tanita is, it's actually uh, a machine we had at we have at the gym, well, my former gym, and what it does it it measures your body weight by standing on it. There's like two, like four little discs on it, and you hold handles, and it's kind of like a biometric scan, and that's where we usually get the scans of like how much your body weight in, is and everything. So. Um, you know, I've had, I had one guy on it, like they would use it like yeah. every single day just to see where his body weight was just cause he was trying to get back into the air force. And so it'd be like every single day. And I'm like, guy, like, you know, one day is not going to change really much. So, but it's, right. it's interesting. But, uh, so, um, with, with, with your social media, you actually started doing, you know, Tyler nation videos. So um, you know, I, how did you progress just like, you know, start doing like videos that you're doing right now? Oh, as far as workout videos and stuff like that? Yeah. Like the ones that you go on fire and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So that's actually, um, from my call of duty days. I used to play first person shooters a lot in college. It was either, it was either me like studying or playing call of duty. And what I thought was really cool was these people coming out with these montages, um, that had like all these effects on it. And so I was like, I could do that, you know, one day. Um, so I adapted to it. A lot of my friends showed me how to get this software and I got it and I started editing videos. So I actually, um, transferred those skills over to making fitness videos and it kind of blossomed from there. 
I'm not saying I'm any good at editing, but I do like it. I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like it's like a plus, I guess, um, for the fitness industry, if you could do that, too, in my eyes. Um, I just think I over edit too much. I just <laughs> need to be more professional, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I, I have fun with it, so. Yeah. Now, are you looking to do like a YouTube? Do you have a YouTube channel right now? Or like are you looking to get into that realm at all? Uh, yeah, I, I have one, but it's it's super slow. Um, I haven't really posted much on it. I, I tend to stick to other social media outlets as um, it's like Instagram and Facebook. But I mean, eventually, yes, I will be dedicated to YouTube. Yeah. Now, now what's what's the program that you use to do your editing? It's called uh, Adobe. So, like a lot of people have Photoshop. I use After Effects and Premiere. Okay. All right. All right. I, I was, I was wondering because there's another, um, you know, video editing app that you kind of does the same thing, and it, you 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 can find it in like I don't know, like Office Max or something like that. But yeah, I, I, yeah, a lot of people use the Adobe Premiere and like After Effects, which is you know, which if people like look haven't seen his videos, they he actually does effects around him while he's doing the workout it's almost looks like it's like it, he's it has like flames around him sometimes or you know like bright lights and it's actually a really cool uh editing technique i think so oh i appreciate that it's kind of corny kind of cheesy but i'm very passionate about fitness and, and what i do and i feel like it looks cool to me so yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I guess you you know you get what you get yeah no i i like it i mean if you look at like all the rest of the youtubers they really don't use those after those effects at all so maybe you know right. once you get into youtube or something like that you know you can you know maybe start doing that and maybe you know get a name for yourself in, in that way yeah that'd be awesome that's you know that's the dream man that's the dream yeah so do you do you still drive pretty far away to get to the gym no we actually moved to dawsonville so um we actually got a house um in dawsonville so i'm actually 30 30 minutes away which is not you know the best but it's not bad at all yeah so pretty happy there yeah so because originally when he, where were you in cleveland georgia at all or yeah where? an hour and some change away it was pretty bad drive every day so he would drive an hour and some change to to get to the train at the gym every day which i thought he was absolutely bananas with doing that but i mean (laughs) but i mean i i i commend you for doing that because that that takes a lot a lot out of your truck i i know so yeah i mean two hours a day just i mean gone completely wasted um i i'm not a big fan of driving some people can do it some people love it it's not for me. Yeah. Now, while you were driving from like, you know, maybe to work to to work or from work, what would you listen to podcasts or like what would you listen to while kind of like keeping you occupied driving? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I just recently got into podcast about a couple months ago. Um, actually, actually, one of yours was one of the first podcasts I listened to. And then Brandon Madison, who now works at Windermere, uh, One Life at Windermere, I uh, started getting into his and then Gary V, and then King of the Sting, which is with Theo, bon, Theo Vaughn. Um, it's hilarious, by the way. A little X-rated, but it's it's, it's hilarious. Um, so I just kind of rolled into that very slowly. But now it's my go-to. I listen to podcasts almost all the time. Yeah, I mean that that's what I, I do. That like all day, pretty much. Like especially when I'm like working at my recruiting job now. That's all I listen to is to his podcast while I'm just like on the computer, and it's like all oh, all fitness based, and like maybe like one like growing your business like podcast so i mean it's yeah there's a squad university actually has a really good one um and there's a sports science one that i used to listen to a lot 
I actually got a lot of my workouts from uh, the sports science one. So actually, the one I posted, the recent Instagram post, is from sports science. Oh, very podcast. cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, the main, the main ones I listen to are the, uh, the Mind Muscle Project. They're like two Australian guys. Um, Barbell Shrugged, which is like the like OG of like fitness podcasts. And, ah, okay. And. Um, you know, there's like the Misfit, Misfit Athletic, the Misfit Project, the Misfit Athletics. She's um, uh-huh. like talking elite fitness. Um, like mainly, like it's mainly like in the functional fitness space, the ones that I listen to. So I mean, but like, but the but the mind muscle ones, they actually teach, they talk about like powerlifting, and they actually have like amazing guests that go on there like all the time. They're two Australian dudes that that like do these podcasts, and yeah, it's. I I learned I've learned so much from like just listening to a podcast like you know just hearing like what like the these like experts like have to say about certain workouts and you know I kind of implement it to all myself then I do it to my clients and just see what they think so I mean yeah it it's amazing what tuning out music or actually toning music down uh, and listening to podcasts will do for you there's a lot to be learned especially in the fitness industry that you may think you know, but you have no idea of. So yeah. I actually love podcasts that I've adapted to that lifestyle, and it's helped me a lot, especially in training. Very cool, very cool. So um, so how many like how many pieces of content do you typically do in a week with like fitness-wise? Ooh, since, since COVID has happened, I've actually slowed down quite substantially. Um, but now I'm picking back up. So usually... It's going to be an upload every Tuesday, Thursday is what my goal was. Um, and that's for accountability purposes to get me moving, to get me out there. Um, so, yeah, just twice a week for right now. And if it picks up from there, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Now, with with COVID and everything like that, so how, how has that been affecting you with, like, training clients? Or, like, did you start doing, like, online stuff? Or how, how, do, how, do, how did you like managed to get through like i mean we're still in covid right now but how did you manage going through like the complete like lockdown yeah um so actually i started a little football training camp and i would go up to north precise high school um they had an open field and i would set up some cone drills and have some clients come out there and we would all go through this little mini football training camp and it was actually a blast um so not necessarily training one on one, but more of group or group oriented classes is what we would do. Okay, and how how many days would you typically do that in like week a week, like like Monday through Friday, or? Oh no, it was just it was literally on the weekends whenever I had the highest demand. Okay, very cool. So with with that football training program, like what would you do? What would you typically do with the cones, like shuttle drills, or you know agility, or what what was the what was the typical basis of like that so football? Generally, training? it was it was two. Um, big circuits um, where it was like maybe eight, eight drills. Um, there was like a square drill where you would sprint, shuffle, backpedal, and then sprint out of it. Um, there was a ladder drill. Um, there was a lap around the track. Just all kind of things that I could implement where you would be constantly moving for about 45 minutes. So it was actually pretty efficient. We burned a lot of calories, um, but it was hot, man. It was so hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Georgia right now is like just piping hot and actually this weekend it's supposed to be in the 90s oh my goodness that's crazy (laughs) but uh yeah so that's that's cool so do you do any like online programming for people at all or like what how did you are you are you looking to start it getting to start Uh, we we actually have implemented that throughout the gym um but 
I myself haven't done it like by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe in the future, I I hear that it's amazing. I hear that it's great. I just haven't dipped my toes in the water, so to speak, um, to jump out there and do that yet. Okay. All right. I mean, it's it's challenging. I mean, because if you if you don't have time, it's it's really hard. I mean, but Dyron, if if you want someone to like teach you like the online stuff, like Dyron, probably be a good idea to, to put it on. Like my last guest, like my yeah, we actually we actually talked. Me and Dyron actually talked about it um a little bit because he does that a lot. Um, I just I just want to see this person in person and how their body reacts to movements before I start programming for yeah. them. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I'm 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 down to do it, especially if somebody's reaching out. I'm down to do it. Yeah, I I actually had a client uh, online. He was actually a college buddy of mine. He he wanted to lose weight just to kind of play with his kid, just to like live longer. And he was like a smoker too, but. I mean, like, this was, like, during COVID, too, so what I would do is I would, like, show him, like, I would I would teach him how to do, like, a perfect, like, a, you know, the proper movements and stuff like that, and I wouldn't, like, especially for air squats, I just make him do, like, you know, squat on a chair and then come back up, because I didn't want him to break the, you know, the 90 degree, because I don't know yeah. what his mobility was like, and, like, exactly. it was, it was all, it was all bodyweight workout, and, like, he... I mean, he he said he was sore, and he said he did it. So I mean, you, the only, that's the only one problem is like, like you said, you can't see the client do the work. So yeah, and I'm a huge believer in body weight workouts, like forever. Yeah. Um, you don't have to squat. Like I literally have eliminated barbell squat from my regiment, and I know I'm getting a lot of bad looks or, or whatever right now. Um, but for me, I just don't want to risk an injury right now. I will I will stick to leg press. I am a huge believer in barbell squats. Huge believer. But for me, I just don't want to deal with that if that if that makes sense. Like I don't want to, you know, slip or have knee issues or anything like that. Yeah. I'll stick to a fixed plane for right now, my leg press, um, and my functional movements. Because I'm doing bodyweight squats, you know. Yeah. I love watching squat university and stuff, but for me, I just don't want to deal deal with it right now. Yeah. I mean I mean that's completely fine. You're still squatting with the, the Samson press machine anyway, so Yeah. Yeah. I, I yep. mean, but like for me, like I don't I don't do the I I don't remember the last time I've been on a Samson press machine at all. It's mainly like barbell, back squats, and front squats. And I'm kind of thinking of getting away from the back squats and just concentrating on front squats, mainly for like Olympic lifting. So, yeah, that's what I tell people. I tell people all the time, like, why do you want a back squat? Why? And they say it looks cool or everybody's doing it. I'm like, no, start with a front squat. Let's start there. Let's go back to the basis. Let's look at your wrist and shoulder flexibility. Let's see if you can get that, like, there's so many people that skip steps in fitness. It's not even funny. Well, yeah, I mean, and all, and also, I, I, you know, I was listening to a podcast too. We talk, they were talking about this, but you know, you ever do like like barbell back squats, and all of a sudden, like your legs get like super sore for like days compared to like you know front squats. Like you don't feel as wrecked the next day compared to doing back squats. Exactly, and I and I have a lot of clients that will do barbell squats on their own. Um, that they're obviously cleared and they, and you know, I'm like, okay, you can do them. Uh, but they'll, they'll be telling me of lower back pain and like, you know, they feel like their traps are hurting and stuff like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's roll this into front squat. And so we'll dedicate a whole day to teaching them how to front squat and why it's more beneficial. Yeah. Now what happens when we, like, how do you manage a client that doesn't have the mobility for a front squat? Like what, like, how do you teach them? Do you like do stretches before or like, how do you, how do you manage that? Um, usually we'll do regressions. Um, if if that's still an issue, regressions are still an issue. Uh, we'll just go straight to body weight. I, I'm a huge believer in just body weight anything, and and, and maybe it's up top. Uh, 
issues or, or even if it's down low issues, I think we can all correct it with body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, mostly I'll handle that with re- regressions. Yeah, I, so with me when I do the mo- when they have the mo- ugh, when they have the mobility issues, I usually do have them do like a goblet squat or like hold the kettlebell and do, you know, squats that way. You know, I think, yes, for sure. I think those two options are, you know, perfectly fine for the everyday you know, nine to five or in, you know, I, it, they'll still get like a leg workout and get a leg pump. So exactly. And a lot of times I will raise the heels. I'll put them on a 45 plate Ooh. just so they'll give that extra mobility and be able to do it and feel like they're able to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So do, do when you do your back, well, obviously you kind of cut down on the back squats, but would you wear a weight belt most of the time at all? Or, um, yes and no. Um, if I ever were to go heavy and heavy to me is anything above 225, I will stay at 225 forever if I could. Um, uh, but anything above 225, yeah, I'll start putting on a weight belt just cause I don't want to become, uh, like I need it. I just don't want to become used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yes and no to answer the question. Yeah. So, so I typically like for me it, as well, like I don't, when it starts getting like really heavy, then I'll put it on. Because like it's like a seventy percent or seventy five percent higher or higher, so yeah. so because I think it's more beneficial to you know brace the core and everything. But you you know you see your typical like gym guy that wears a weight belt just doing bicep curls all the time, and it's like <laughs> it's like guy you know you're ruining your core right now. Like but you yeah, know. I, people don't get it, man. People do not understand. Yeah. So have you have you ever done like the like go up to somebody and like correct them a little bit or like do you kind of like just say screw it just let it let them do the right uh, thing yeah so i mean it depends if it's if it's bad form or it would probably injure that person i'm all for it i'm all for you know stopping them and saying hey look man this could be detrimental years down the road uh, but if it's just some you know somebody in there just you know just doing his own thing and and, and getting you know feeling pumped up or whatever nah you know i'll probably stay away but for the betterment of someone's safety i'll definitely go over and check on them and, and kind of teach them yeah yeah i mean i always i think for me like i always ask him first be like hey can i can i give you like some advice a little bit and then it's mainly like i I really don't go to the uh, like older guys because it's like a lost cause for me to be honest with you like it's really a lost cause unless they they want personal training but i'll mainly like aim for like you know the college kids to high school kids that are just like starting out and they really haven't like i mean technically they haven't really grown into their bodies yet so yeah, and I mean, to me, older demographic is, is who I actually want to go over to. Yeah. Anybody over the age of like 50, 55, um, just to make sure that they know what they're doing. And it, it may just come up in casual conversation, but I want to address it. Even if it's going over and say, hey, how's your day? I want to eventually get to the problem. And if that's, you know, back squatting or whatever, and you're over 55, you know, I'm just trying to get there um, without causing confrontation. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to get them all pissed off and stuff. Of like, hey, you know, you may want to do it this way instead of that way. Just think about it, you know. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's so tough to just not want to tell everybody, like, hey, uh, ease out, you know, or or ease up, or or maybe not today, or you know. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. Like, actually, I talked to one guy. Um, when was it? Like yesterday? No, two days ago. And he was back squatting, and I told him I learned something from Cal Dietz. You might want to implement this too. So, when you do a back squat or like a deadlift, you curl your big toe in while you go up because it shoots the uh, the glutes and the hamstrings. To Ooh. and it actually goes like this is from like a world renowned like you know trainer, and yeah. um, 
And so I, I did it. And I, I tried it and it was amazing. And so like I, I was telling him this and like like little little like tips and tricks like that I love like throwing out there to people. And yeah, like and they awesome. and I love the look of like when they look when they actually do it, they're like, Holy crap. But they, then they think like, Oh, here's another thing I need to worry about while I'm like like remembering the back squat, so yeah, that's a big thing you brought up, actually. I think cues actually make a trainer better, too. There's a lot of cues that are uh, make or break, you know? Yeah. If you're just you know, screaming, keep your chest up over and over every, you know, day in and day out, you're not teaching that client anything. Uh, you gotta you got to think of ways to teach them while cueing them, and I think that's big. Yeah, so what kind of cues do you use, like, for, for your clients? Oh, man, right off the top of the head. Um, so a lot of them, a lot of, so push-ups, say push-ups is a pretty basic movement. Um, a big, a big cue that I will, I will tell them is to touch their chest and then bring their arms out. This is actually more of a, a way to teach it more than a cue, Yeah. but I, I kind of think they go hand in hand. So I'll make them do something that I feel like I made up, uh, called cross push-ups. And so we'll get a box. They'll go down, touch the chest, spread the arms. So there's no tension at all. Their chest, their body weight is on the box and then they'll have to explode out of that. Um, which makes their um, hands come to a natural posture and them to push out of a natural stance. And usually, usually it works really good because it's chest level where they rest their, their body weight and they push straight out of it um, rather than keeping the butt in the air or going head down first or flaring the elbows. So that's a little cute technique that I've, I've kind of learned over the years and I use that almost every time I teach push-ups. Oh, that's a good one. I never, I never thought of that. That's, it was lucky. Yeah. Totally lucky. <laughs> Do you have any other ones that you like uh you like to use? Uh I mean, really on squats I always preface toes out, knees out, just kind of knee tracking. Um I want a lot of people to access their glutes when they're actually squatting because everybody that I see, and I'm not I don't mean everybody, but a lot of people that I see, um, they just do not fire from the glutes. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. They're it's like they'll push their legs up, but then like their back will have to like lift the rest of the weight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. One of, one of the one of the cues that I like doing is called uh, King Kong. So what what I usually do is like when they're doing deadlifts, make sure they keep their chest like sticking out like King Kong when he gets pissed off. Oh, okay. And so that's that, a good one. That's one I like using, and then um, uh. I like so if if I'm if I have my clients doing like you know barbell like penlay rows or anything like that like you know from the from like the ground from the ground up to their chest what I do is I'll yeah. tell them to do it's called Miley Cyrus you know, like you know how he twerks she twerks and everything <laughs> so I I'll make sure I'll have their their butt stick out a little bit and then okay. make sure they feel make sure they feel that their hamstrings are being pulled and then okay. uh, and then tell them tabletop where their back has to be flat like a table. And then they, oh, that's good. And then they do the rows like that way. I'm I'm definitely stealing the Miley Cyrus ones. Oh, that, can't that, stop me from that. Hey, no, that's that's all good. Go for it. Go for it. And then awesome. uh, another one I use is called the pigeon. So when people do like overhead press, you know, I kind of want to put their head through the window. So I make you know how a pigeon goes, puts their head back and forth. So it's like yeah. head through, and then you push your head back when you when the bar comes down to your shoulders, and then just push ah. through. So it's like the, the pigeon. So. And like it's yeah. funny, those those three those four cues, every time I say it, 
they immediately switch to what they're supposed to do when the when I queue when I queue them. It's it's hilarious because everyone like all my clients knew exactly what what they had to do when I said that. And that's how you know. That's how you know that you're a good coach and you have good cues because they know exactly what to do. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, and I want people to remember if like my like example like Miley Cyrus. It's funny. Like you were laughing, you were just laughing about it. So you know. Yeah, that's the one I'm gonna remember for sure. Yeah. So so that that's how I that's how I get people to remember like a lot of things and which is. Which is really cool too. So, do you um, so with your other clients, do you do any like Olympic lifting at all, or have you ever tried to att- like tempted to it for your clients at all? Very, or? very little. Um, unless they want it, unless they uh, want me to program for it. So I'm all for it. I love Olympic lifting. Um, it's just you know I'm, I can't be out here teaching snatches to uh, kids or elder demographics. So there's a, there's a very fine, uh, a fine amount of people, a very small percentage that can start that programming much less finish a program with powerlifting mm-hmm. so when we when we like in your in your eyes when would you like you know if a kid wants to start doing olympic lifting what age do you think would be a good fit for them to do it oh you? man as, as soon as they're as soon as they're able to learn i am 100 percent on the train to jump on teaching them uh, but with that comes like does the does the family want them to learn? What what is their motive? Do they are they only in here because he plays football? Like, um, is he a basketball player? Which you don't need a lot of upper body strength, you know? Like, what is the motive here? But I'm all I'm on board. I think they need to learn ASAP, um, at least for future preference if they want to go that route eventually. Yeah, yeah. I I for me, I think I've had like five five clients that would only do Olympic lifting. That's it. Yeah, see, there's it's a very small percentage. Yeah, and, and and one of them, and one of them was a kid. He's a wrestler, and I wasn't a big fan of having him doing cleans, mainly because, you know, they're like hunched over, kind of like like forward. So their shoulders are already like hunched forward, and like they really can't get the rack properly with like the chest straight out or anything like that. So, you know, I was yeah. kind of hesitant on, but him and his dad wanted to do it. So like, you know, obviously. We did a lot of lightweight and like barbell movements and like w- just the barbell and that's it. So yeah, and and that's a hard concept for parents to understand. Uh, they want to jump straight to cleans. They don't want him to front squat first. They don't want to see his shoulder, his you know elbow. What he they don't care for that. They just want to see results. Um, there's a whole process to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how do you how do you deal with clients that are like super demanding and expect to like literally like their goals like like that? Like how do you handle those guys? You you try you obviously want to try to work with them as, as good as possible, um, but at the same time you know best. You're the professional. You have to sit them down and have a talk if it gets too uh, gray, I guess, mm-hmm. and and kind of tell them like you you want the best for them, but at the same time, uh, my way is the better way. Just because I'm going to lay out this foundation for you to build on, not because I want you to you know be the best, which which I do. But you have to lay that foundation. I think that's what you got to get them to understand. Yeah, yeah. So, do you do any like diet programs for your clients at all, or? Ooh, I mean, it's illegal, but oh, yeah. I, I try to give, <laughs> I try to give uh, what I would do advice, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Yeah, I, I would do the same thing too. Like, I mainly like eat on the outside of the of the grocery store, you know, stuff like that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. That's a, that's great. Yeah. Because I, because I like obviously, yeah, it is, it is illegal for personal trainers unless they're not cert, unless they're certified as a, you know, registered dietitian or you know or something like that. They, you know, they can't do it. But I mean, I usually give them like you know, 
so this is what I would do. So maybe you should try right. it out. Yep, yep, yep. Been there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So with your, I mean, obviously you have a pretty busy schedule. How do you maintain, uh, like, time for you to able to lift with like you know ha- having a, a brand new family pretty much and working yeah. at the same time. So I I prioritize uh, my break more than anything as far as client base and whatever. So my break is from one to three, typically on a regular day. And that's for me eating, fueling my body um, and getting a good workout. And and people are like, man, that's a three hour break. Yeah, but it's so needed. I feel like you have to, again, practice what you preach. So you have to be in physical condition. Um, but the biggest part of it is being in mental condition to take care of these clients. Yeah. A lot of personal trainers experience burnout, and that's the biggest turnover. That's why they turn over. Um, so what you want to do is take time for yourself, and I feel like that one to three break absolutely helps me with that mentality. Yeah, so do, do you do like any like after working out or after eating? Do you like meditation or like reading or anything like that like before your clients? Um, I, I mean, I try to read a little bit, um, but I mean, everybody tries to to read a little bit uh I'm meditation not so much uh working out is really just my end all be all i love just thinking while i work out i know that sounds kind of cheesy but that's that's what i like to do yeah yeah no i hear you i mean i always for me when i had clients it'd be like all over the place so i'd get like maybe an hour workout in here and then like train a client then like have like another hour and like it was i mean obviously i would love to have the chance to have that kind of break in between but yes. i mean i I mean, to be honest with you, I got burnt out like really bad because I would start at like 5.30 in the morning, leave at like 12 and then, you know, come home and work out a little bit and then come back for like another like two to three hours. And it was just like, I can't, you know, it's hard. It's hard doing that too. Yeah. Physically and mentally just draining, man. Yeah. And then you're doing, you're a therapist to people. And at the same time, like you love to be that person, but that's just hours and hours of listening and debating and telling and, 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 and then you have to work out and this is a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And the problem, and the other problem is like, it's, it's not stable, you know, it's, you know, it's yes. really not, it's really hard. Cause like for, for us, like when at one life with like, I'm not bashing one life whatsoever. So just don't, don't get that. Don't, don't think that. So no, definitely not. Definitely not. So, you know, like you have you you have your set clients, but if they don't show up, you don't get paid. So it's in the in like, right. and it's so hard because you you like you like they give you like a great excuse or like or like, you know, like my kid just went to the hospital or something like that or like you know, you know something like serious. You know, obviously like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna charge them, but you know it's just it's frustrating because then you look at some paychecks during the holidays and you're just like crap how am i gonna buy christmas presents yeah exactly so and i I mean i don't i don't hate on um i mean i kind of yes or no like obviously the the system in place is set for people to be able to cancel um but at the same time they have to understand from your perspective that that is your job and that's what you're getting paid to do Mm -hmm. so at the same time sometimes you have to count those sessions and i think respectfully they will understand that yeah and a lot of people, like, when they text me and say, like, last minute, they're like, hey, something came up, just go ahead and charge me. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. But, like, there's sometimes I, I don't, obviously, because if it's a legitimate reason and stuff. Yeah, and that's big, um, especially if you show respect to them. I think they'll they'll be a lot more inclined to show respect to you. So you doing that is a, a big A+. plus. Yeah, I completely agree. So um, what 
what are your goals like through like for the rest of the year or like or anything that's coming up that you know you want to achieve you know that may help you with your like you know personal training you know career uh so this is a little a little crazy um i've always said and my goals is to hit six figures doing personal training. Now, the more I know you're like, oh, my goodness, the more and more I dive deeper into personal training and doing what I do, it seems a lot less likely. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's another reason why, you know, you create a brand and kind of see where that gets you. Um, but there's, there's a lot of ways to make money in the fitness industry. So I'm just kind of filling everything out to see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, no, I hear you. So um, obviously, like – you just started a clothing line too. So how's that, how's that working out? Man, I am so noob ish on the clothing line. Um, so the shirts look great. They feel great. Awesome material. I I love them, but I'm, I'm getting charged more for production and shipping than I'm making. Right. So like people are out here getting, getting shirts, but I'm paying like double and I don't care. That's totally fine. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we got to find a, a fine line or a more efficient way to do this. Yeah. So who are you, who are you going with? Uh, I went through Printify. It's a print-on-demand service. And then you have to link your Etsy store to it. Um, and so I don't know. It's just – it was a big mistake. But I, I'm getting more efficient at it. So I'm just going to – I think I'm going to do a little bit more research before I open that back up. Yeah. I do. I, we'll, we'll talk offline. So – Awesome. Yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. So obviously, I I know. I think I think I saw on your stories that like all the shirts sold out within like the first like week or something like that. Yeah, which was great theoretically, but I had to pay a boatload for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear you. It, it's some of those print companies are pretty difficult to deal with. So, um, I hear you. So okay. So we we're almost at almost at the blast part of our, of the podcast. So, um, do you have like a favorite, like fitness book or like a self-help book that you liked at all or like read constantly? Um, honestly, like the biggest advice I could give you is to read some Dave Ramsey literature. And I know this doesn't have anything to do with fitness, but that guy's changed my life. I, I learned how to budget my money and with budgeting my money, I learned how to budget my time. And if you don't know how that relates to fitness, then it's, it's not even worth it. But he is great. He's amazing. I'm doing the envelope trick right now. So if there's any part of Dave Ramsey literature you could read, I highly recommend it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got some great – Well, that's the, I, can, I can count that as a self-help book. Awesome. Right? Yeah, that, that works. Yeah. So, I'm glad you agree with me. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> so so um, what – I mean you're kind of relatively new, but like what would you tell like a trainer – that is just starting out in the in the fitness business. Manage your time. Um, don't let the client rule you. A lot of clients will demand seven a.m.s or six a.m.s. But if you have a family, if you have other um, a ways to spend your time, prioritize that time um, and be I don't know very very selective with your schedule. Do not experience burnout. So you know, just prepare yourself for what you're about to jump into. Yeah, and you and you you will you will have days that you'll have to like that you're going on a trip and you have to like pretty much book everyone on one day. So just be prepared for one of those days. Like, like a a literally like a 20 hour day or something like not a 20 hour. Yeah. Almost like a 20 hour day. So (laughs) just, just to take, just just to take a trip just to get paid too. So, 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 unreal. So, all right, my man. So, where can people find you, uh, like on all the social platforms? Okay, pretty much um, everything is at Training Nation. Um, that's even on the, the new TikTok, which don't make fun of me, guys. It's okay, whatever. I have TikTok, um, too. I got it's Instagram. okay. Uh, Facebook is just Tyler Nation. Um, YouTube is Training Nation as well. So pretty much Training Nation, everything, and um, I'm, I'm slowly building. So, yeah, go give it a follow. Very cool, very cool. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I, I really, truly, you know, am thankful to have met you, to have worked with you, and, you know, being on this and just – you know, talking, you know, shoot the shit about fitness. So I really do appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you and Sarah. You guys have been great, awesome people, influences in my life. Um, I, I, I really look up to what you do and your powerlifting. I, I watch all your videos and I appreciate you guys. I thank you for having me, man. Yeah, all right. Well, it was great talking to you and I will talk to you later, all right? All right, bye, man. All right, bye-bye. later. Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show <laughs>